Michael, we want to just tell you again how glad we are that you're back. And I, I mean, honestly, I love, love coming back. We here. love having you here. And the bronchitis is not hurting you at all. Oh, you well, sound good. You know. I did, is it contagious? Is bronchitis contagious? <laughs> Am I safe at this distance or not? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Um, you know, I was thinking about the songs that I was singing. I was talking to your father about the Israel trip, and I know you're saving a lot of this stuff, so I'm not going to give anything away, but... Um, Thinking about some of the songs that if I ever get a chance to go over there, if you ever ask me to go, I would love to <laughs> go over there. Mary, did you know, thinking about those lyrics, I mean, it, those things were going through my mind as I'm singing some of these songs. Wow. That's I've amazing. never been, but I want to walk where I, Jesus walked. I knew the Gaithers had gone over there at one time, and I just oh, yeah. had assumed you were on that particular trip. No, I was, I was not. Um, but I wish I was. Well, maybe next time with us. Maybe he'll be our special singing guest on that yeah, trip. A, but a couple uh, of weeks, we'll, we'll head that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I knew that Michael was coming, and I had said to my brother, I said, do you think it would be okay if we just took like a 10-minute intermission in the concert for me to ask you just some questions? We've not practiced this. He doesn't know what I'm about to ask. But it's something that is interesting to me, and I have two primary questions, and I think it'll be interesting to everybody here tonight. First of all, most of us got to know you through the Gaithers, and so how many different times have you sung with them? How did you meet? How did, how did you meet Bill Gaither? How did that happen? I, I grew up singing in my family group. Um, my dad and uh, my brother, they had a quartet in uh, Wallace, North Carolina, and I was really, uh, really small. And, and um, uh, they asked, see, you know, try to get me to sing, and, and I became the tenor singer, and um, with a couple of other guys from school, high school, from my brother. And so we did that for years and years and years, and, and um, uh, I get a call from an old piano player who used to be with the, our group, uh, asked me to come try out for the a group called the Singing Americans in North Carolina, and so I did, um, and got the job, but my father and my brother were not very happy about that. Um, they were very upset, my, my dad was angry, my brother was hurt, my mom was torn between, and, um, and so I ended up turning it down because I didn't want to hurt my family. And, um, and then the owner of the group said, would you at least come and, and, you know, fill in until we find somebody? And I did. And then I called home. And, and I said, Mama, uh, this is where I know I'm supposed to be. She goes, I knew this call was coming. Don't worry. Like my mom has always done, I'll talk to your mom, or talk to your dad and your brother. Uh, my dad didn't talk to me for five years, but other than that, um, <laughs> but I finally... Uh, I just loved it, and then I joined a group called the Goodmans, and then, um, and then you went back with the Singing Americans, and then I get a call um, from Gary McSpadden, who was with the Gaithers at the time, and my wife answered the phone. Uh, at the time, she uh, answered and said hello, and said, hey, this is Gary McSpadden. I'd like to talk to Michael, and she goes, hey. Um, Michael, a, a um, Gary McSpadden is on the phone. I'm like, A? <laughs> the. She had no idea. And so I got on the phone. He asked me to come out and try out. So I did, got the job. And uh, that was in 1985. 
85. And the reason I was asking that, several years ago, I was, you know they have the Gaither program on Saturday nights at 6 o'clock on one of the Christian stations, and is it Linda Randall was being interviewed one night by Gloria Gaither. And Linda said, you know, the most frequently asked question that she ever is asked, how did you meet the Gaithers? What did you do to meet the Gaithers? And she said, my answer to that question is, I didn't do anything to meet the Gaithers. I never sought out, I never sought to meet the Gaithers. I made a decision, she said, early in life to seek the Lord. And I felt like if I would seek the Lord, that he would bring the connections into my life that he wanted me to have. And so I was just curious in your case, it sounds like a very similar thing happened there. You were just trying to serve God. I never and, sought out right. to be with the Gaithers. I mean, to be honest with you, the, at that point in time, they were contemporary Christian singers. Um, believe it or not, it, you know, uh, you don't see Gaither as a contemporary Christian singer. You don't even see Gaither as a singer. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, he, but that's what the group was. They had Larnell Harris and, and uh, Gary McSpadden and uh, Bill and another singer who was a bass singer. The bass singer was living, le uh, leaving the group. Bill thought, you know, I'll just go down and try to do a little bass and hire another guy. But I never, um, and to be honest with you, I, I've never sent a resume off at all. I've always, always depended on God to open up the doors for me. Hmm. Now, I'm not sure that that's the right thing to do. Some well, may need to, to go out and, and do this thing. But for me, I just, I was content where I was, right. and I knew if, if God wanted me to go somewhere else, he would open that door, right. and, and he, he's done that. Well, and I've, I've always felt the same way. I remember when I was in seminary, I, I saw you on TV one night, and you were singing a song, Beyond the Open Door. Do you remember that? And uh, oh, yeah. Beautiful song, and maybe at the very end tonight. You think you and Andrew could pull that off? We'll hang loose on that. But uh, just a beautiful, it talks about beyond the open door, there's a new and fresh anointing. And I say, hear the spirit calling you to go. Yeah. Uh, walk on through the door. Walk on through the door for the Lord will go, go before, before you into a greater power, power than you've ever, ever known before. before. And the writer of that song wrote in Christ alone too. Mm. Um, great writer. And he's with a group called Phillips, Craig and Dean. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people know who, uh, who they are. I guess my other major question, I wanted to get into that whole thing about divine connections because I think in all of our lives we, we have a goal or we want to be somewhere or we think we want to do something and I think sometimes we try to manipulate God and, and force things and push ourselves forward instead of just seeking God and being humble and letting him do what he wants to do with us and that kind of leads into my second question. You know, I've, I've, I've heard it said that the spotlight is blinding and You've been with the Gaither Vocal Band for so, were with them for so many years. You've won awards, Grammy Awards, Dove Awards, and you were at the—I mean, just the t at the top, you know—in that. And yet, is there a sense in which, if you if you think that happiness and joy and meaning and contentment and all all those things comes from a status, whether it's you know, like in my world, if it would be pastoring a particular church or seeing the church get to a certain size or whatever it might be. Somebody here tonight may think, well, if I could make $5 million in the next three years, that, you know, and it's almost like we think if we can get to this level, 
then that level makes us happy. And I guess my question is, because you've been to that level, and all of your contemporaries were at that level as well, is there a danger that we could actually achieve our goals and once we get there, be completely disillusioned because at the top, we didn't find what we thought we would find at the top? I think the, one of the biggest problems, I mean, I, you know, first of all, I have a high, high school education. I always get worried when preachers want to ask questions. <laughs> He's a pretty simple preacher here, though, so you, you're safe tonight. Because I, I remember growing up, I was, you know, as a, as a kid with my group, you know, uh, my dad's group, and then we'd go to these big Pentecostal churches that had all this prophetic, and, you know, and they would point out people and they'd tell them to come up here and then they'd pour oil all over your hair. And, and, and I, was, I got to the place where um, I got scared, you know, and I'm like going, when I met the pastor, I would shake their hand and I'd go, he knows. <laughs> but so if I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know anything, Michael. I, <laughs> I just know no, that no, no. I think there's a danger in the spot. I mean, I, Dad and I were at Saddleback Church, Rick Warren's church in Southern California, and he made the statement he, to, a, to a room full of preachers. He said, I'm telling you guys, the spotlight is blinding. And if you're it, not it careful, is. you're going to think that joy and meaning and success and happiness in life comes when you do whatever this thing is that you set out to be your goal as opposed to <laughs> finding your joy in the Lord. That's the thing that, that I... And, and uh, you look at Hollywood and you look at Prince, Michael Jackson. These people don't have to worry about money. They don't have to worry about fame. Um... It's as simple as it is. They didn't know God. And even then, if you don't have a personal relationship and you're not in touch with God at the height, because you've got people around you who are, you know, trying to get as much they can get from you. And a lot of things, you've got to be somehow, you've got to figure it out to where you can brush off a lot of these things around you and get a prayer closet hmm. and lock it hmm. and, and become a, in, in a place to where you can say what you need to say to these people and go, I know what I'm talking about. This comes from divine intervention. This doesn't come from Michael English. This comes from me uh, in the gravel with God. And I know it may not be what you think is going to help my career, but I'm, that's not what it's all about. And it's, it saddens me to see all this stuff that happens with, especially Hollywood, with all these guys that um, are losing their lives at the height of their careers with fame and fortune and all that stuff. It just, it breaks my heart. What would be one of the largest platforms that you have sung on or one of the most well-known venues where you guys went with the Gaithers? I mean, I know you've been everywhere, but... Well, it wouldn't be with the Gaithers. It would be with a... Um, I did, um, for a few years, I did this thing called, um, a show called uh, Young Messiah Tour. Um, and there were 25,000 people there every, every night. Um, and we did... 
I mean, this is not bragging. This shows you where I've been and, and where I am now, which I'm much happier now than what I was then. Um, but we stayed in all the Ritz-Carlton's. We, we played the biggest arenas in Seattle and Dallas and Houston. I mean, I remember coming to Houston, going to the Galleria, and having the time of my life at the Galleria. Hmm. Um, but there was something missing in my life. Just because you're a Christian singer doesn't mean you're a Christian. Right. And I, I guess that was my, my point. Like, if there were somebody out here tonight, for example who's thinking, man, one day I would like to be a Christian singer and sing to 25,000 people or sing in Reliance, you know, just the biggest. And I guess what I was, exactly what you're saying, the joy doesn't come from singing to 25,000 people about Jesus, even though there is a joy in that we're telling other people about the Lord. The joy comes when you get back to your hotel room by yourself and you have Jesus with you in that room, right? Absolutely. And I think that may be the thing that can help us in all of our lives, from being disillusioned with all these false expectations, expecting things to meet that deep need in our lives that only Jesus can. Yeah, and so many, so many young artists today think, man, if I could just get here, I could just get there. I was there. I was on a plane um, going somewhere, and my managers were sitting beside me. First record just came out recently, and... I started thinking, if I could just sell 30,000 units, I will be happy. And then my manager goes, you've sold 50,000 units. And then I go, well, if I could just sell 70,000 units, I'll be happy. And next thing I know, I'm at 100,000. And then I go, well, if I could just sell, you know, it's never ending. You never, in that, never enough. In that place. Never but enough. I was, I didn't have, I did not have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God at that point in time. I, I had become a Christian, but I, I struggled through my years with attention deficit and trying to figure out how to read the Word and pray without my mind wandering. And I just kind of got to a place where I was just, I gave up. And the thing that Christians need to understand today is that you may get to a place like that, but that's not a time to give up. That's a time to fight even more. Just because you don't understand something and you're reading the Word doesn't mean you need to stop reading the Word because the Word is getting in you. Right. And that's what happened. That's when it all made sense to me. Right. I didn't give up because God said, give me the best of what you have and I'll bless it. Wow. Not the best of... The most brilliant man in the world, not the best of what you have, but the best of what I have, and he'll bless it. Wow. And it made sense to me because it's like, okay, I'm going to give you the best of what I have, and it may not be the greatest in the world, but I'm giving it to you. Right. And he's turned it all around because of that. Wow. At the end of the day, it's all about that relate. I mean, it's all about the relationship with him. Oh, absolutely. Because without that, we, we have nothing. Absolutely. Look, I could ask this guy more questions. They came, though, to hear you sing tonight, not just to hear me ask you questions. So thank you for being willing thank to you. answer these questions. Thank We're going to prepare to take up our evening offering. Go ahead and thank him for <coughs> answering. You know, always, Michael's always, go ahead, man, and we'll prepare to take up our evening off offering. Michael's always been so honest and transparent. He's told us more of his life story in the past. And tonight, I just wanted to ask those two specific, specific questions about we seek God, not people. 
and also that fulfillment and joy in life is not come, does not come by grasping, as Solomon said, grasping the wind. Mm -hmm. It comes from the Lord who's That's in our true. hearts. So we appreciate that. Let me have an offertory prayer, and then we'll take up our offering for tonight. And a guest, if you'll just drop your form in there as well, and then we'll let Michael keep singing. Father, thank you for the sweet spirit that's in this room tonight. Lord, we thank you that there's no higher joy in life than to know you personally. And tonight, when this service is over and we all get to where we're going, God, there's going to come a point in this day where it's just us. And if we're not happy with ourselves and with our relationship with you, we're just not happy. And so tonight, help us, Lord, to remember that no matter what successes we may achieve and how high you may even take us, that's not, that's not where joy is found. Joy is only found in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen.